can you go back? What was what was one of your best memories um, and an experience at the Alliance All Star Game last year? Probably one of my most fun memories throughout the whole All Star experience is meeting some of the girls that I would play with and in college in the future play against because this past year I played against a lot of the girls who were on my all-star team so yeah I think just making the relationships and meeting new teammates and new players who are legit just was super cool and like I follow a lot of them now like we're still friends so I think just building the relationships. All right. Well, welcome to the to the Car Ride Home podcast. I'm excited today. You are our first current college athlete to join me in the car. Jossie Erickson, welcome to the Car Ride Home. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Well, I am pumped to talk a, a little bit about your background. Um, I'll go through it. You are a the reigning Alliance Fast Pitch Championship Series National Champion. I see you have your shirt on too, which is really, really cool. Yes. Just won the last summer, won the 18U National Championship. You're one of our Alliance All-Stars. Um, also, Triple Crown winner. We're going to talk about that. Won the Triple Crown of the AFCS, meaning you led batting average, home runs, and RBIs, which is incredible in any championship event. And just recently announced um, now with the University of Florida Gators. So first thing. We got to do, we, I do this on every car ride. Um, we got to set the stage if we're in the car. So you're in charge of the music. Okay. What kind of music are we listening to? Country. Maybe a little, maybe a little Morgan Wallen, Zach Bryan. I like it. I like it. A little okay. chill, a little chill car, car ride. Even, even before the game? Oh, before a game? Probably 2000s, like hip hop, that type of vibe. I like, like it. throwback jams. When like you yeah. had just been born or not born yet. I respect it. So yeah. Next most important, uh, besides music, is where are we eating on the car ride home? Car ride home, where are we eating? I love Cafe Rio. That's like my type of vibe. I don't know if it there's some in California. I think it's kind of just like a Arizona, Utah type of thing, but it's like Mexican. I think it's better than Chipotle. Some people disagree with me, but I love Cafe Rio, especially because I didn't have it back in at college. So I always get it when I come home. I like it. Okay. Are you, if we're on the car ride, are you driving or would you prefer to be the passenger? I'll drive. I like we being in control. <laughs> All right. See, a catcher. That that says a lot. Probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> When, when I ask you, um, obviously, in, in growing up in Arizona and probably driving quite a bit to tournaments or practice, or you probably spend a lot of time in, in the car. Can you, when I ask you, what's your most memorable car ride home? What What's the first thing that comes to mind? I mean, me and my dad really drove, like, we drove to California pretty much every weekend for, like, four years, so... There were a lot of car rides home. Um, I slept a lot of the time, but most memorable, I don't know. I just love like spending time with my dad and just like learning more about him. Cause like before we, we would like what drive 30 minutes maybe to practice, but we had hours to talk with each other. And so we became like super close. Like my dad is one of my best friends um, and he's, I think he's one of the smartest people ever. Like, he has so much good advice. Um, but, yeah, I think just getting to know him more and, like, hearing his stories throughout life has definitely, like, helped me 
in my life. So what was that drive? How far is that to go from your home in the the Phoenix area to California? Um, it's about like six hours. So you're doing that every week. So like 12 hours for practice too? Yes. Nice. When did that? Yeah, my dad was very determined we were never going to miss a weekend. That is a lot of, a lot of bonding time, but it, it clearly, uh, it paid off. And I think that's a, that's why I wanted to do this podcast too, honestly, because I just think it, it's one of the things that we all have in common, uh, spending time in the car, whether it's with a family member, sometimes your teammates, you know, whoever it is, it, it's, we're going to and from practice and games and tournaments. And there's some pivotal moments in there as well. What, what were your parents like, especially after a game, after a tournament, what was the. Tell us what the what the mood, what the environment was like in a car, depending on the situation. Um, well, I guess it depends on, like, if my team did good or not. Um, and it really kind of just based off my mood. Like, my parents were always very patient, and they never were, like, super aggressive or, like, yelling at me. Like, I hear some stories, like, of kids when they're 12 and they just get, like, yelled at for not doing good. But they were super patient, like... Like, if, if I wanted to talk about the game, then I could talk about it with them. If Or if I wanted to, like, wait a day, if I did bad or something, then they would just, you know, let me be. So, yeah, they were super supportive. Um, love them to death. Yeah, I realized when I did a little research, you come from a very um, diamond sports family between your sisters playing softball at BYU, your brother played softball. At BYU, can you take us back to to your early days? I think I probably know the answer after saying that, but what did it look like for you as a as a kid first being introduced to the game of softball? Yeah, so my two older sisters have played softball too, so I kind of just like followed in their footsteps, I guess. Um, and I played with one of my sisters is three years older than me, so like I was a freshman, she was a senior, so like we were kind of close in age. So when I was younger. We would play on some of the same um, teams, and then once we got older, we started to play against each other, which was actually kind of interesting. Um, But yeah, so I started playing when I was like five, maybe, Uh, like t-ball, then coach pitch, started club when I was like eight. Yeah, and then when I got into like, I think like fifth grade, I moved to Arizona Storm, um, which is still an organization now. They're probably one of the best ones in Arizona. And then my recruiting really took off, like, because my team, my little Storm team was, like, talented. Like, we had a lot of good talent on that team. So uh, my recruiting really took off, like, sixth, seventh grade, um, which is kind of crazy because it was before, like, the rule changes and stuff. Um, So all the coaches were coming out to our games. We were going to showcases and stuff. Um, And it was kind of interesting because, I don't know, I – I thought it was fun going on all the visits and seeing the campuses and stuff uh, when I was that young, but I never really realized, like, what I was getting myself into, like, being so young and then committing so young. But, yeah, it was a very interesting um, experience. It was really fun when I was younger, um, for sure, but I don't think I was as mature as, which is why I kind of like the real change now, because... I wasn't as mature to see different things and make other decisions. So, yeah, that's kind of my history in a nutshell. That's nuts. It's interesting. Um, I was going to ask you your recruiting. So when when did you actually commit initially 
Uh, how, how old were you? I was in eighth grade. Uh, I think I had just turned 14, maybe, or 13. Uh, it was the fall of my eighth grade year. Wow. That's crazy to think, right, at 14. <laughs> Did you know? Well, I guess you had older sisters so in a and a brother. Yeah. Complaint. So that probably helped in yours. I would, Like, if you had asked me what a, a college major is or things like that, I would have had no clue when I was that young. Yeah, it definitely helped because um, I'm the youngest in my family, too. So having gone like having had older siblings who have gone through like similar experiences um, definitely helped because I could get advice from them, like what they went through and what they would do different. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely nice being the younger sibling. So you you commit at that point to University of Oklahoma. And then are you still playing for the for the storm at that point? I was. So I committed in October of that fall of my eighth grade year. And then that December, I switched to Batbusters. Just curious. So I was playing for storm at the time. Yeah. And then after I committed, I moved over to Batbusters. And then we started making the drive out there. Um and it was an experience. It was super fun. A lot of good memories, for sure. I have to imagine that has to be a, a family conversation, right, of, of making that move to the Batbusters because of the commitment it was going to take for your parents to to drive back and forth and to spend that time. Can you go back? Do you remember what that conversation was like and why you guys as a family decided to to make that decision to start traveling to California every weekend to, to play for the Batbusters? Yeah, for sure. Um, It was definitely a family decision. Um, I knew once I committed, like, because some people commit and they're like, oh, I'm good. But I knew once I committed, I needed to get better and I needed to get pushed and I needed to have new opportunities and new experiences. So um, my my dad ultimately, like, ultimately it was my decision. Like, he, he put it up to me. So, yeah, they were willing to. And I thought, you know, why not? I need to get pushed and I need to see like my potential. So, and here we are now. So, yeah. I would say it worked out, but that's so interesting and great advice right there, by the way. I make sure we make a note of that, but just of, hey, once you commit, it's when work really starts, right? It's like, you gotta, you gotta keep going. It's not, hey, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Did, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you, did you go through an injury in high school? Yes, I did my junior year. I played, so I played volleyball and basketball in high school too. Um, I stopped volleyball my junior year. I still played basketball. And then that season I tore my ACL and both my meniscuses um, in a game. So it wasn't playing softball. I was playing basketball, sadly. Um, well, yeah. Uh, but honestly, like, I'm so thankful it's weird to say, but like, I'm thankful that I went through that injury because it taught me a lot. And I met like some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life, like going through physical therapy and stuff. And I got stronger. Like they pushed me, um, a lot of mental and physical challenges, but I think it really like helped me in life. Um, just going through hard times, Because up until that point, I hadn't ever really had an injury, like a sprained ankle here or there. But yeah, I really think it it made me grow as a person. That's for sure. Um, And I think it taught me some life lessons for the future. 
That's a that's a really good perspective. Funny, I actually I tore my ACL playing basketball as a sophomore in high school, so I can I completely understand. Did you ever have did did you ever allow the doubt? Was there ever a moment in your head of like, shoot, I'm not gonna play sports again? Did that doubt ever come in? And it if it did, how did you combat that? Yeah, no, I was always like, cause like I had a scholarship to go to college, so I was like, I'm getting better, and I went to this physical therapist place it's called exos i'm sure you've probably heard of it but it's also a um training place too like a bunch of mlb nba nfl people go there in their off season to train so i i pretty much had the best of the best helping me get back to where i needed to be um and their facilities are amazing so i really had no doubt in my mind that i was going to make it back it did take a while and i had to have patience but <laughs> um I think it was worth it so what was it like coming back from from the injury do you remember the first time you got back out on the field was there any fear or were you mentally ready to go um so I kind of like progressively went back into softball so I didn't go straight into catching right away because like that's a lot of pressure on the knees and all that but um I would hit and then base running wise I wouldn't slide so I would just be running the bases just Coach Mike didn't want me to re-injure it, so I think that was smart on his part. But, um, yeah, so I would gradually go back. I, I would play first base and hit, and then I would catch, like, an inning here or there um, just to get my body used to getting in that squat again, that deep squat and moving around like that. So, um, And then probably, like, four or five months, maybe three, three or four months after – um, I started getting back into it. I was catching full time. So, what would your advice be if, because uh, you know, with the Alliance, we have a lot of, of younger athletes, and unfortunately, injuries happen, right? And I'm sure there's tons of fear, right? Of just, hey, I'm not going to play again. I'm going to lose my scholarship, or maybe somebody's had hasn't been recruited yet, and they think they're, you know, this is going to ruin their chances. What would your advice be to a young athlete who is? fighting back through an injury um, and going through that recovery process? I would say if you're determined that you want to play softball in college and you want to get recruited, then you just got to work every day. Like you got to go to PT every day, get your strength back, get your mobility back. Um, It's not going to be easy. That's for sure. But if that's what you want, ultimately, then you have to be determined and get what needs to be done. Um, And fear wise, it's always like there's always going to be a little fear, especially going back into something that you haven't done for a while. But just be patient with yourself. Don't get too angry that you can't do something right away. Be patient and just know that with time, it takes time and with time it'll come, um, especially if you have good people surrounding you with support. You can do anything. So love it. Love it. I want to pause for a minute to tell you about the Alliance Fast Pitch. The Alliance Fast Pitch is a national league system for amateur softball. I like to think of us as the pathway to play and the pathway to develop. If you're a youth softball coach or parent of a youth softball player, we know at the end of the day, you just want what's best for your daughter. But sometimes it's hard to figure out where to go or where to start. We're here to help you with that and to make your job easier. Softball is an important part of your life, but it's only a small part of your life. Think of the Alliance Fast Pitch as your one-stop shop for everything. Build your fall, spring, summer schedule tournaments inside your region. 
Compete on level playing field to earn your national championship berth. Join a community of fellow youth softball coaches, parents, and athletes. Check out our national leaderboards for all ages. Understand where your daughter stacks up compared to her peers inside a region or even nationally. Help your daughter get recognized nationally through our player recognition programs and get access to all of the discounts and benefits of being an annual Alliance member. We brought the best in the industry into one home so we can provide softball families with access to the best resources at a more affordable price. We built the Alliance Fast Pitch on two principles, collaboration and putting the athlete first. Together, we can grow. Together, we can do better for our athletes. Be a part of the fastest growing softball community. We're here to make your life easier and your experience in softball better. Join us today. Join the Alliance Fast Pitch by going to theallianceFastPitch.com and follow us on all of our social media platforms. Well, let's uh, let's go fast forward from from being a well, I guess that's actually pretty close in the in the time range. Not too long after your uh, your recovery there last summer, you were part of our Alliance All Star game. It was actually you were the second ever class of the Alliance All Stars. We're getting ready in a in a few days to kick off our our third annual. Can you go back? What was what was one of your best memories um, and an experience at the Alliance All Star Game last year? I think, um, well, obviously, like we walk we walked into a locker room full of gear, and that was like hype. So that was like when we walked in there, everyone's jaw kind of dropped to the floor because we saw like our jerseys with our name on the back. Like it was super fun. But I think before that, you guys had like a little event where we did like a little media day and then a little testing. Um, and I think that's where the like we all met each other kind of. Um, and I think probably one of my most fun memories throughout the whole All-Star experience is meeting some of the girls that I would play with and in college uh in the future play against because this past year I played against a lot of the girls who were on my all-star team so yeah I think just making the relationships and meeting new teammates and new players who are legit just was super cool and like I follow a lot of them now like we're still friends so I think just building the relationships that class was uh was pretty fun that that whole group was was very entertaining there what would your um what would your message be if if there's any all-stars listening right now and, and they're getting ready to, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to have the media day and the testing day. Um, and then they'll take the field this year. We're at Fullerton. Uh, we'll be in Southern California, but what would, what would you tell them going into their all-star experience? I would say to take it all in because it is, they're all seniors, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's your last year. Take it all in. Um, make memories, make friends, have the time of your life. Don't be nervous because you just got to play free out there. Play free, be yourself, have fun. Even though there's gonna, probably going to be cameras on you, just give it your all. Love that. It is true. It is like, it's fun, but it's also like there's this new hype and attention that, that we we bring to it as well. It's good, good prep for you guys. I want to move into the alliance fast pitch championship series i'm actually really excited to hear because we didn't necessarily talk to the players i, I talked to coach stith i talked to, to tony last year after you guys won it but didn't really dive into the to the players experience from going on a run winning the national championship for the alliance so can you think back to what was the mindset of the Batbusters team what was your approach going into the afcs last year can you remember 
our approach was just to fight because we we had to take everyone well like we had to use everyone to get to where we got to um so if if one person wasn't all in then we probably wouldn't have gotten to you know the championship series so everyone was on board everyone knew what we needed to do like we were gonna win (laughs) and it took fight like there were some games where we had to come back and everyone was just that team just makes me smile every time I think about it because our chemistry was so good like everyone cared so much about each other and like we still do we still I still talk to like pretty much all of them on that team um I really I really care for each one of those girls like they were just the best um and our mind like everyone was just like bulldogs like we did not care who we were playing we did not care where we were playing like we were gonna win and that was that so you guys actually you lost inside the national i think it was the maybe inside the elite eight that you guys lost and then you had to come back and beat firecrackers rico twice but I think you lost, actually, yeah. directly you got run ruled. Do you remember the, what the conversation was, um, just even amongst yourselves, after after you lost that game in the Elite Eight? Yeah, so, yeah, I think it was the Elite Eight. Um, and it's funny because it was to against the t- same team that we played in the championship series, and then we beat them twice. So, um, And it's kind of crazy because earlier on in the summer – we played them at Top Gun in Oklahoma City, and they had knocked us into loser's bracket in that tournament, too. And then we came back, and we both met in the championship, and we ended up beating them, too. So it was kind of like deja vu, in a sense, because they had knocked us into the loser's bracket. Um, we didn't have all the pitching in the world. We really only had, like, two or three pitchers um, and one ace. So I think the depth kind of got to us that game but after that game like everyone really just shook it off like we really didn't care because obviously we didn't give it our best that game because we got run rolled but everyone shook it off and we were ready to go the next day and then I think we we played Mercado and that was an intense game for sure uh it was like going back and forth every inning like who knew what was going to happen um and then we had to double dip Rico after that so yeah, we had to come back through the loser's bracket, but we we were tough and we were ready. And then the next day, we ended up playing Bombers again and then double-dipped them too. So Because the championship series is best two out of three. So we were like, we're not going to three games. We're, we're being them in two. It's, I get chills thinking about that because that Batbusters versus Athletics Mercado was an elimination game inside the Elite Eight. And that's what... You know, I think of all the players and the talent on that. Like, even as a fan, I'm watching and like, dang, one of these teams is going home. Like, it almost just doesn't seem right. Same thing when then you guys had to double dip Rico to go into the championship series. And I, I'm going to come back to the AFCS. I'm kind of skipping ahead. But not only did you win a, a national championship at, at 18 under, you go on to win a national championship with the University of Oklahoma this past year. Going through that format did – did that help at all? You know, we talk about it that like we want to help prepare you guys, but as an athlete, I'm curious, did going through the format with the AFCS and kind of how we do things, do you think that helped prepare you for for college in the the postseason that you guys went through? I definitely think it did, um, because there's really no other tournament who does that type of format. 
And even like in club ball, like there's very few games where we play seven innings, which is crazy because in college it's all seven innings. So like in club ball, it'd be like an hour 15, drop dead. And then like we have to play like four or five games in a day, but they're like only an hour long. So I think the format really helps for sure, um, especially like with the grind and having to play like two game, two games, three games in a day. Because in college, like double headers are tough on the body. That's for sure. And a seven in a game is a long game. So I think the format definitely helped, especially like the Elite Eight type, like in the World Series, it's only eight teams. And then the Championship Series, it being best two out of three, I think is very helpful. It's funny, by the way, what a difference one year can make of when you, you play four or five games in a day in travel ball, but double headers in college, I don't know what it is. They seem so long, <laughs> so long. They really are, especially like, Obviously, we run a little team this past year because we were like, okay, we're getting down to five. Like, that's what's happening. But when we wouldn't run rule, it would be so long. Like, it'd be like three hours. I think, like, our game against Clemson was like four hours long. Like, it was the longest game I've ever played in my entire <laughs> it was It was a very good game. Now, I'm going to go to talk about your performance last year at the AFCS. And, I'm, you probably had no idea, but I remember at one point of, of watching in the championship series and we're watching the live leaderboards of the stats and at the top of all these offensive categories, you see Jocelyn Erickson and you actually, you hit a home run in game two that actually then put you at the top of the home run leaders. Did you have any idea uh, of those things and did you have any idea actually of what, what a triple crown meant? I had no idea. I was just playing. Like, I was like, we're playing to win. Like, we're getting this national championship. I had no idea, like, how many home runs I had or, like, what my batting average was. Like, I really didn't care. I just wanted to help my team and win. And, like, me being a senior, like, it's my last year. I'm trying to go out with a bang. So I was just trying to do my best. Um, And, no, I didn't even know what a triple crown was either. So it was kind of cool. Like, when you announced that after the end of the game, I was, like, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that's so funny i was wondering because when i said it right of triple crown i did i want to give a little bit of context through but i'm sure baseball players definitely know what um what the triple crown is but it, incredible because you did that against really really good competition too right that wasn't against just uh just anybody what was that feeling what was that like of you're a senior at this point it's your last travel ball and in our world we know to what what a travel ball schedule is and how much time you spend with those teammates. And like, they truly become some of your best friends. But what was that moment like when you get the last out? I have goosebumps thinking about it. You're catching it, right? The last out, Ryan's throwing to you. You get to dog pile. Take us through that that moment and, and what you experienced. So I had never won a national championship before. So I had won a, like a state championship in high school and we dog piled, but I'd never won like for club before. So, and I don't really think any of the girls on the team had either. So, um, but we knew we were dogpiling because we don't dogpile at any other tournament except the last tournament of the summer. So yeah, so I catch the ball. I think the pitch before that, she gets a swing and miss. And I'm like, okay, lit, we have two strikes now. And then she throws, I call I call the same pitch because I think I was calling pitches at that time. I called the same pitch because I was like, she's going to swing and miss again. And then Orion throws it. She swings and miss. We just ran to each other. I chug the ball, chuck the helmet. 
It was insane. Everyone lives holding like the GoPro running out of the dugout and everyone's just going crazy. It was so fun. Like, oh my gosh, just thinking about that makes me so happy again. It's cool. It's such a cool moment. Not something you get to practice very often either, right? A dog pile. Like you just gotta, you just gotta go for it. Yeah. YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to, uh, so you go into, you spend a a year at, at University of Oklahoma and what you guys did is absolutely incredible. Um, what was one of the like things you might not have been prepared for? Well, after this travel ball career, you had a very successful high school career travel ball. You're stepping foot on a, a team that just won back to back national championships. What was that experience like? First off, going into the fall and going into your first fall practice at, at Oklahoma. I think, um, so I had played with a couple of the girls on the team, obviously, because they had been on Bad Busters before, so I knew some of them. Um, and, like, Grace Lines is from Arizona, too. She went to my high school, so I knew her, too. And they were, like, they were super welcoming. Like, we would go do stuff when all the freshmen first got there and, like, get used to all the other girls on the team. I think some of the stuff I wasn't necessarily prepared for um, because, like, club ball, like, with Bad Busters, we would just practice on the weekends and play on the weekends. So, like throughout the week I would have more time for my individual like preparing or like hitting and all that um and I think I wasn't necessarily prepared for the amount of time that I wouldn't have in college um it's definitely like you definitely need to learn time management as a freshman um because the student athlete schedule is very demanding workouts in the morning then it's class Um, I recommend doing online because then you don't have to necessarily go into class. Um, But like my major is business marketing. So a lot of the business classes were in person. So I had to go in person a lot. But yeah, so it's workouts, it's class, and then it's practice for three hours. And then it's homework, study, eat, don't forget to eat, (laughs) Um, and then sleep and then repeat. It's pretty much the same day over and over again. Obviously, like, cl- things you do in classes are different and, like, practice varies, but it's pretty much the same schedule, um, especially in the fall. In the fall, um, you're trying to build your strength, you're trying to build your speed in order to be the best you can be in the spring. Um, so it's very demanding mentally and physically. And then going into the spring, I think what I wasn't prepared for was how long the season is um, because high school, like high school season is like two months maybe. And then like travel ball season in the summer is like two months. So, but then college season is like, and if, if you make it far in postseason, it's like three or four months. So it's definitely longer um, and it's a grind, but it's worth it in the end. So Whoever is wanting to go play college softball out there, just put in the work, trust the process, and good things will happen. Yeah, that's fair. It is. It's a grind, and you see the the commitment that that goes into it. I, I'm curious. Um, I mean, you're you're playing on a team where the entire bench could start probably. I mean, anywhere else, right? And and compete for a national championship. For you, I have to imagine that's one of the first times um, of kind of going in and out of the lineup or, or being a quote unquote role player, or, you know, in certain situations. Was that an adjustment for you at all? Um, were there any moments that that it was tough just to kind of change that role of, you know, who you were as a or what your role on the team was? I think um, so when I first joined Bad Busters, I was on 
uh, Mark Campbell's team, 14U. And then after that summer, my freshman year, I moved up to Mike's team. So my freshman year, I really didn't play a lot either um, because I had two other senior catchers in front of me. So it was more just like a learning year kind of. And I'm thankful though for that because I think it helped prepare me for this this for college freshman year. Um, so I had kind of been there before, but in a different way. Um, I was definitely more of a role player this year than my freshman year in high school, but it was a little hard, like getting jerked in and out of the lineup and not knowing like when I'm hitting or like when I, but I think an advice for anyone who is going to be in like a role player position like that, just be flexible and be prepared at all times. No, like if your co- if your coach needs you in, like you got to go in, you got to be ready. You got to help the team in any way you can. So yeah, I think that would, that would be fine. It's great advice. It's not easy to do. And I'm speaking from experience here of being somebody when I when I was a freshman at Texas A&M and I was the only freshman in my class that that didn't start. And it's just uh, it's humbling a little bit for or it was for me. And it's like, OK, but then you kind of switch on to like I'm here to win and to help the team. But you have to stay prepared the whole time. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. Like, hey, grab a bat. You're coming in the seventh inning when the game's on the line. So, like, go get ready. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And that's... Especially when you're in the dugout, like, you have to say... I feel like when you're on the field, it's easier to stay focused because, like, mm-hmm. you got to be focused when you're on the field. In the dugout, it's hard because sometimes, you know, you days off or, like, are looking somewhere else, but, like, you got to be, like, on it still in the dugout because you never know, like, when it's going to be your turn. So it's hard, but... You got to do what you got to do. It's real. It's real, right? It's a part of it, that level, too. What, um, if if you're up for, for talking about it, um, obviously, I was going to say your summer, this might be the first summer not playing softball, right? Which is already uh, an adjustment. But you made a, a personal decision to enter the, the transfer portal, uh, which is, you know, something new, and it's, it's in college softball. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Because... We all, us old people who didn't have it, right? We we have no idea. Uh, we just followed along on on Twitter what's going on. But for the athletes that are that are actually in it, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So I guess your first question, not playing softball this summer, I actually think it's kind of like recovery for me because the season was so long and like we went so deep. Obviously, like we won it all. So it's kind of nice having a break. Um, and I like to see like like my past team, like how they're doing and stuff. Like I'll watch a game here or there. Um, But yeah, so the transfer portal. So I decided to go in a little later than like other, I think other people like right when their season ended, they would just go in. But it's definitely a hard decision whether like you want to go in or not. So I was like, I was debating if I was going to go back for another year or what I wanted to do. Um, Ultimately, like, I decided to go in because I only got three years left to play, so I kind of just wanted to make the most of them. So, yeah, I went in, like, three days before the portal was going to close. So, yeah, it was kind of like a last-minute little thing. But it definitely took a lot of thought and a lot of prayer. Um, And when I went in that day, I was bombarded (laughs) um, by coaches and friends and teammates and all sorts of people um because like it's public like people like people know when you go in and the word spreads and 
the softball world is small, like everyone knows everyone. So it was kind of crazy. Um, and then that whole week, I pretty much spent my time talking with coaches and texting them back and communicating like, and then I had to narrow down just thinking about it, like makes me like, oh man, I'm glad I'm done with that. But um, I had to narrow down schools because a lot, a lot of schools would reach out. And I don't know if it's like that for every player. I'm assuming probably because I feel like pretty much like a lot of coaches live in the portal because they kind of need they need some support in their team, um, especially with pitchers too. But yeah, so going through, I was just trying to narrow down where I would want to go and what schools I'd be interested in. And then that next week, um, I set up some visits, and then I spent that whole week because I was like, I got in late. I need to just get all my visits done so that I know what I'm doing with my life and I can like move on. Um, so yeah, so I got all my visits done and then ultimately I chose Florida and now we're working on that process and I'm excited to go there. It's like <laughs> go back to being, being a, in eighth grade all over again, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of weird because... It w- it's different because like I'm more mature and I can talk to coaches more like like talking to the phone talking on the phone with a coach when I was like 12 I was like oh, I don't know what I'm doing like why do I have to call a college coach right now like this sucks but um but now it's like like they're just people like just talk to them it's so much easier like you're mature you know what to talk about like you know what you want especially like being in the transfer portal like you're in there for a reason you know what you want and you know what like you deserve and ultimately want for your future so it was kind of like uh my recruiting process in eighth grade but I definitely think this was a better experience um because I got to connect with more coaches um, and not being committed so young so by the way think of it on the other side think of that college coach talking to a 12 year old or 14 year old like of how like hey would you eat for lunch today you know probably like they're really like how am I supposed to keep the conversation going all they're saying is yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah exactly I remember like in I never talked to 12 year olds but but it was still like 16 17 year olds it's like all right so like you know how school it's just it's so funny dynamic like, the weather is pretty nice outside yeah always goes back to softball though Well, let's have, uh, so I like to end with rapid fire. So I'm going to ask some some fun questions, hopefully. Um, and the, the first thing that, that comes to mind, if if you can. Okay. Most vivid memory of Travel Bowl. First thing that comes to mind. Vivid memory of Travel Bowl. Uh, obviously winning the national championship, like, by far. I, I went with the, like, teeth. Most recent and most memorable, so. Who was the funniest teammate on the 18U team last year that won the championship? Who kept the team going? Maya Bland. What would your advice? She would have been my this next year, um, and I was super excited to play with her. But obviously, the plans changed. But she is she is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. And anyone who knows her knows like she's hilarious. So. Got to have that person on the team too. <laughs> she's a goofball. What would your advice be? And it, it was crazy because there were two left-handed catchers on, on, um, on your team. What would your advice be to like what's how about how about this? Why is being a left-handed catcher like 
why do people think that's that's so different or you know difficult i guess i think they think it's difficult because honestly the only thing i can think of is like plays at the plate like that's really the only thing that like is a little more difficult because our hands on the opposite side but like i still tag people out at home plate like it's not that difficult um, but I think an advantage, a huge advantage of a left-handed catcher is picking people off first base because like, we don't have to turn our body. They really don't see it coming. Like that's one of my favorite things just to do is throw it down to first base because everyone's just like shocked. But, um, yeah, honestly, I don't know why people think it's like, I think it's just because like we live in a right-handed world. Like there's not many positions on the field where you can be left-handed other than like outfield, first base and pitcher. But all, it's all my left-handed catchers out there. You're legit and you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a right-handers world. I, I feel bad for, and I'm right-handed, but my sister is left-handed. I'm like, I just feel bad for you. Who is the toughest pitcher that you've ever faced? In college and Trumbull or? Yeah, let's do both. Well, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is Jordy Ball because I faced her in practice so many times. And <laughs> um, Jordy Ball or... I mean, everyone was getting carved up by Nyjah this season, so <laughs> I'd say Nyjah. Nyjah did have, have quite the, another fellow Alliance All-Star right there. Were you guys on yeah. the same All-Star team, or did you play against each other? We were on the same. I caught her for a couple innings. She's super cool, super nice. That's it. That was going to be my next question. Who, um, in calling your own game, who was, who's been the most fun pitcher to call a game for, and why? So, yeah, in Trouble, I call a lot of the games because um, Coach Nick is the pitch caller, and he had a lot of trust in me. So um, I think, obviously, like in club ball, I would call for Ryan, and she she pretty much never missed a spot. Uh, like, if you wanted her to throw somewhere, she'd throw it. She never backs down from a, from a challenge. Um, she's a fierce little competitor on the mound, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, she's going to do great things at Arizona this next year, too. And I'm excited to see her in the Alliance tournament, see what she can do. Well, you that leads right into my my next question here. Um, and by the time this comes out, this will this will be public knowledge. But the the Batbusters are are the number one seed this year. The reigning champions. You know how it is like trying to defend a title is not going to be easy. Number one seed last year. You guys were the three seed. Give us the scouting report. So many returning players um, from your Batbusters team last year. What's what's the scouting report on the on the team? Without giving the secrets. Scouting report. Um, yeah, the Batbusters are still legit this year. They're coming back for revenge from their last tournament. So everybody better watch out. But this last year, they I think we lost like seven seniors. Like we lost a lot of seniors. Um, but they're still coming back with some punches um they filled those spots obviously ryan on the mound she's legit and then a couple of my fellow arizonans are on the team as well uh jade and janae berry they are from queen creek jade is going to be going to stanford this next year they're legit one janae's a pitcher and then jade is an infielder um and then gabby garcia is also from Arizona. She's their shortstop. She is from, uh, she goes to Basha, so I think from like Gilbert area. She's going to OU in two years, I think. So they're all legit. Love my Arizonians. Um, and then obviously Ella Parker and Taylor Shoemaker 
uh, they're what get the game rolling and their offensive uh, power. So and Regan Shockey with her speed, they all they all get the party started. So everybody watch better watch out. <laughs> Who would be most likely this year to win the triple crown? I gotta say Taylor because she's on fire right now and. I don't know what's going to stop her because she's just on a roll and she's going to be a future Gator as well. So uh, kind of biased that way now. So uh, I would say Taylor. I literally watched her at our Super Cup dive over center field and rob a home run and then the next inning hits a home run. So, yeah, I think you're spot on there. Yeah. Um, side note, one of also one of my favorite memories from Travel Ball this past summer – we were, uh, I think it was TC Nationals, TCS Nationals, and we were playing Mercado. Uh, I think it was in the championship, and we were up two to zero in like the top of the seventh or something. And this girl hits a laser on Mercado. This girl hits a laser to center field. There's a runner on base. It's going over the fence. Taylor rubs the ball, and then we end up winning because she rubbed that home run. I was literally so hyped at. at behind the plate I was like you're kidding right now <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah. you uh you mentioned I, I didn't realize that you played for Mark Campbell can you um can you talk a little bit about and I was fortunate to get to to meet Mark and and watch him coaching and for for anybody who hasn't uh, Mark left such a legacy in the the players that he's coached what's your what's your best memory of coach Mark Campbell Mark is a hardcore that's for sure um if it wasn't for him I probably wouldn't have been on the Babusters because um, that's who my dad contacted. And he came out and watched me and said, yep, she's going to be on my team. And he he has so much faith and trust in his players, and he just wants them to get better. They're, he wants them to be the best people and best players possible. He's just he's such a great person, um, just really wants the best for everyone. And... Yeah, he he's hardcore and he'll yell at you, but he he knows what's best for you. So everyone loves him. He's he's the best. Yeah, I think there was a lot of a lot of love behind uh, behind that yelling there. And then finally, uh, another one of your coaches, Mike Stith. Do you have a do you have a Mike Stith quote or something um, imitation of Coach Stith that that you guys as players would uh, emulate? I guess what what's a, what's the best Mike Stith quote? Um, I don't know. I don't know about like imitation or like quotes or anything, but he, <laughs> some of the things he says are just so hilarious because he's so sarcastic, especially like when he's yelling at you. If, if you're not the person being yelled at, then it's hilarious. But if you're the person being yelled at, it's like, oh crap, like what did I just do? But yeah, watching from like the outside, He's so sarcastic, and <laughs> his comments are just hilarious. But like, and they're like what everyone's thinking, but he just says it. So, <laughs> I think that's what makes him one of like the best coaches ever. Is because he's just transparent. He says what he thinks and wants the best for his players, obviously. But he knows he knows when you need to be pushed and when you need a little break. But yeah, he's he's a funny guy. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if you're not, if you're the player not being yelled at, then it's then it's funny. Well, Justin, this yeah, was funny. Like, oh, shoot. 
This is awesome. Like I said, you're you're the very first um, actually Alliance player that that we've ever had on the podcast. Um, I think so many relevant things too that that what you're talking about and you've just been through is is so relatable for for our athletes. So I really I really appreciate you being on. And last question before before we close it out. Um, on to new journey. You still have three years left in college. Um, hopefully, continue to play after that as well. What do you want your legacy in the sport to be? I want my legacy to be confidence and leadership, and I want my teammates to know that I have their back, especially being a catcher. Those are the three things I want for them to know. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for for joining us. This was a lot of fun, and I wish you uh, the best of luck this season. Thank you for having me. Good luck with all your events going on and the tournament. Hey, guys. We hope you're enjoying the Car Ride Home podcast. Hopefully we're filling the air and making your car ride home a little bit more enjoyable. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, and leave us a review. If you have any special guest or request that you'd like to, to hear or have us bring a guest or a story onto the podcast, shoot us an email, info at the We'd love to hear from you. Yeah.